Hey, welcome to the Pharmacy Residency Podcast, member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I wanted to talk about the coming recession, and I know that there's supposed to be people on both sides of things, but I'm pretty sure it's coming. And uh, what I wanted to do is give you a little bit of a tip on how to prepare and kind of what to do. Uh, While I am not a financial planner, I have done well financially over the last 25 years since I've graduated, and I just wanted to kind of pass along some of the things that have worked for me as I've been kind of going through this. And uh, as you guys know, I have three 10-year-old girls, almost 11, so we're quite busy. we got a lot going on, and uh, you know, having that, those resources is absolutely critical. Uh, so let me just get started and kind of talk about the way that I look at things. And it's that I, I kind of look at money in three different areas. I look at peace of mind money, which is money that's around and the more I have in a little pile makes me a little bit happier. And, you know, maybe maybe Vegas isn't a good good analogy for something like this, but you see somebody with a lot, you know, big stack of, of those chips and then you see they're usually a lot happier than someone with a really short stack of chips. Uh, then there's real estate money, and I'll talk more broadly about this than just real estate investing, buying a home, and those types of things. And then there's investment money and kind of uh, how those investments grow. And the reason why I thought it was so important to talk about this is because we're going to use some round numbers. I understand that these are not the salaries that you're making and, and certainly not exact, but where you're living, uh, those of you that are renting are probably finding it very hard. Uh, rents are up astronomically in some areas of the count- country. I understand that Miami, for example, is up almost 50%. I know the Phoenix area is up about 30 or 40%. And if you are just graduating or you're just kind of moving into things, uh, then renting is becoming quite difficult. And one of the things that uh, really, really helped was having an understanding of of where I kind of was with real estate and and how we could kind of use it as a vehicle. Uh, And then investment money, I'm going to go beyond just, okay, well, there's supposed to be some stocks and some bonds in your portfolio. You're supposed to have profit sharing, 401k, all those things. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to kind of talk about it more broadly and how you get into a good situation. But Again, peace of mind money, real estate money, investment money, I kind of like to make it really simple, uh, and that's kind of where I go with things. So the first thing is, uh, with peace of mind money, it, it I always have to have savings of six months or more, not just of my salary, but also I have two rentals. So uh, if there was vacancy for that, there are certain expenses that come along with it. Now one of them's paid off, and I could pay off the other one, but... Right now, it doesn't seem like it makes a lot of sense because I have a decent interest rate, and as interest rates rise, it would actually be better for me if I'm going to add another rental to my portfolio, if you want to call it that. It just seems so pretentious to say it that way. But if I'm going to add another rental, it actually would be better for me to pay cash for the house, like the entire home, uh, than it would be to to get a high uh, interest rate. So uh, as I'm kind of saving up, maybe buying a place in the next year or two, depending on how things go, uh, I'm really looking maybe to go in there and say I'm coming in with cash. Uh, I'm not going to go through a bank or, or anything like that. I'm just going to buy it outright. And I'm a little bit limited right now to a, a, a number that's a little bit lower than I would like. Uh, but if I can kind of start stacking some cash and uh, maybe the the market softens a little bit, then uh, maybe I can get that kind of three-bedroom, two-bath that I usually get or even four-bedroom, two-bath in some of the areas that I've lived. But the peace of mind money comes from uh, knowing that if something were to happen, 
happen, uh, I would be absolutely fine for six months. My whole family would be fine uh, for six months. And I think that something that also we kind of think about is we always think of it, okay, well, you just have to have a big pile of money. And that's not true because I actually have passive income from number of books that I've written so and the the homes that I have and that's really what you want to get to is that it's not actually your six months of savings it's actually uh, that you know each each month I get a check from Amazon and I get another check from Audible and every quarter I get a check from Lulu and uh, some of these checks are big and some of these checks are small but uh, if you want to talk about you know six months worth that actually cuts what I actually need to save to maybe a month or so in actual money. Now I do have that money because I'm, I'm looking to maybe purchase that third place that I'd you know, like to buy for cash. But uh, right now, um, you know, you don't have to look at that as a big pile of money. You can also look at it as some passive income that you've developed uh, from creating a product or service that, you know, people can use over and over again. And one of the easiest ways to do that is to write a book that's valuable uh, to a big group. And while I won't get into it, uh, I, I prefer to price all my ebooks at 10 bucks only because instead of saying, okay, well, let me try to sell a lot of 99 cent books, which is really hard to, to do anything with, I would say, okay, let me give enough value that it would be worth somebody uh, spending that amount of money or uh, maybe with a course, uh, $100. Uh, so uh, those are my two price points where I say, if I'm going to write a book, it's got to be worth somebody spending 10 bucks on it. And if I'm going to write a course or create a course, it's got to be worth uh, $100, which means that to the other person it has to be worth many, many times that. So uh, they're going to get at least $100, $200 value out of the book and uh, you know many thousands of dollars of value out of the course. Uh, I don't keep a budget. I've never kept a budget. I just don't have the head for that. I, it just never really worked for me. Uh, what I do do, however, is every day I will copy and paste my expenses from my uh, credit card and see what I spent the day before and I'll write a little note about what I did. Sometimes these expenses are something that I wanted to spend and I was very aware of what I was doing and sometimes I'm like whoa where's this recurring expense from? Find out that one of my kids was able to order something from uh, Amazon or something like that where you know the Amazon music or something like that that, that I never you know approved or said anything about and then maybe there's some things that I kind of had and that ended up being uh, you know maybe free at first and were no longer free so while I don't have a budget what I do do is I check that credit card every single day so if you want to think of it a little bit differently uh, I think people with a budget are more like a water heater that contains the hot water and mine is like those tankless water heaters where as you go through you just kind of warm the water up so my no budget budget is just to track my um, what I spend every day on that credit card and then I also look at my bank account uh, on a weekly basis but uh, I've just never been able to do that whole budget thing it's always been really restricting for me and so it just never worked for me but that's how I handle peace of mind money savings or passive income of six months or more uh, including uh, rental vacancy so that I'm, I'm taking you know to account that you know these houses that I have I'm not like oh my gosh I've got three mortgages to pay well two mortgages to pay or whatever 
it is. And then I don't necessarily worry about a budget, but I do take a very deep dive every single morning and look just, okay, what did I do yesterday? And, and something like this would be like, okay, like yesterday, my, my daughters uh, just finished their tryouts for soccer, which is unbelievably expensive. I think it's like five grand for just the soccer. That doesn't even count the tournaments and the travel and the hotels and everything. And they're like, okay, well, let's, you know, let's go, you know, celebrate that we're finished with it. And so we're going to get ice cream or something like that. And I could go to like a Cold Stone or someplace like that and spend like $6 per cup or something like that. But we spent $6 total, $4 cones and two of them wanted to get like ices or something that were also a dollar. So $6.06 to, you know, have four of us get a, a cone and, and two of us to do that. And you say, well, you're, you're spending 5000 on soccer. Why are you worried about that extra $10 or whatever? It's really a mindset of just saying, okay, well, let, let's be mindful. And we do care very much about their soccer. They know that they, they love the soccer. They've been in it for three years, almost four years now, actually. And it's just something that, that's in there that, that we know that's going to be an expense. And, and uh, I take care of it. And it's because you know we all love it. But I think that the most important thing is that as you're kind of working through this budget um, to say, okay, well, maybe the budget's not working. Let me just track what I spend. And I literally open up my Chase Visa um, Southwest card. I copy what it was yesterday and I put it in to a little uh, form that I get each day. And that's it. That is my budget. So I, I love YNAB, you know, the you need a budget guys, but I just, I don't need a budget. <laughs> so, and I've been okay with it. Uh, second thing is real estate money. Uh, as you know, rising rents, uh, especially if you're just kind of getting out of school or you're even in school, all of a sudden you're like, well, this is getting kind of ridiculous. Like, you know, my landlord all of a sudden said, you know, that my rent's going to go up. Can they do that? And in some places, if you're not month to month or something like that, they can raise it as much as they want. Now, some areas have like New York and San Francisco might have some uh, limits on those types of things. But in general, you know, rents are, are going to start rising and that is really going to add to your cost of either being in school, being in a residency and so on. And why this is so important is that with inflation at around eight and a half percent, you are no longer making $100,000. Your $100,000 can now only buy 91, am I going to get this right? $91,500. And you say, well, that's still a lot of money. Uh, but if you're a resident and you know you are already kind of pinching pennies there, uh, that let's say you're even lucky enough to have something that's, you know, making maybe $50,000 and you're saying, okay, well, what is, you know, what, what do I have left? You know, and, and you're looking at losing almost $5,000. So again, this, this rising rents, these uh, gas prices, all of these things are going to be real considerations as we kind of talk about the next residency cycle. Uh, when it comes to fixed mortgages, you know, again, we're kind of, tw I'm 25 years out of school, so I'm going to have a mortgage or have a paid off home. And we decided to keep the mortgage just for the, the tax implications of it. But uh, we, we don't have rising rents. Our mortgage is fixed. And while you may say, oh my gosh, the interest rates are up above six. Uh, when I bought my first home, I think my interest rate was like closer to 10. 
and then I got it down to eight and then and you know eventually we kind of got to these really you know like tiny ones like two and three and four or four percent but you know having a fixed mortgage just makes things so much easier so when you're thinking about buying a home and like I don't want to throw away money to rent well it's hard to get out of a house once you've bought it especially if prices start to decline but what you're really doing is you're fixing your payments and that is really you know I, I know I talked about peace of mind money but that really goes to my peace of mind knowing that each month that mortgage is not going to change while for the rental properties they actually might go up and I'm pretty good I, I'm not friends with the people that I you know own my places but or that rent my places, but I am very civil with them. And, and we're, you know, we, we had little talks about this and like, okay, well, you know, things are going up, but we can at least be uh, mindful that, you know, they've been good tenants. They've been there for a while and uh, not just, you know, spike them with X amount of, uh, you know, extra rent and things like that. The third thing is real estate investments. And again, I'm going to tell you where I have my expertise and some level of expertise and then where I don't. So I have bought homes, single family homes, never multifamily, where I've just, you know, bought a place and, you know, rented it out to people and allowed them to have it for a lease. And then, you know, I made X amount of dollars and it helped me pay off the house. Uh, there are REITs, the real estate investment trusts. And uh, some of those, you kind of have to be a professional investor. That is somebody that has an income above 200000 on their own or 300000 as a couple or as a net worth outside of their primary home of a million dollars or more uh, to get in some of those private REITs. And then, you know, why even mess with that if treasuries are going to start going above 2 and 3% if you really just want to, you know, be very safe with your money. Uh, so, again... Uh, for me, this is, I, I had an episode about real estate uh, previously that a lot of you listened to. And uh, the big thing with my real estate investments is that, you know, going back and looking back that all I had really to do was just pay off every house that I moved into and just pay off the one before. And what happens is, is that you're like, your, your life might go so fast that you're like, I can't, I, I have to sell the prior home to get the next one. And so that's why when I looked at that first home, I, you know, if I had just kept it as a rental, I'm like, oh, it's just a condo, you know, it's a hundred thousand dollar condo which painfully would be worth 300000 now. Uh, I, you know, that, that's all that it would have taken was just being mindful of that. And I know that what I was doing just most recently was very unpopular. And it's not like I have an audience, but, you know, I said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start stacking cash and I'm going to pay off my home. And I did that about six months ago or nine months ago. And, you know, why would you pay off like a 5% mortgage when you could invest it in securities? And those of you that are, you know, looking at the stock market most recently, or at least year to date, uh, depending on what you're looking at, uh, you could be down 15%, 20%, 25%. And then with crypto, you could be down 50%, 75%. And I understand what you're trying to do. I understand that people are trying to beat inflation. And inflation is normally 2%. So getting, you know, to, you know, 13% or something like that is, you know, which is the average of something like uh, VTSAX, which is uh, Vanguard's total stock, uh, or you know, Fidelity has their own that doesn't have a fee if you're going through Fidelity and things like that. But again, being mindful of understanding what, what it is that you want to do with your uh, investment. But for me, it was as simple as I just want a fixed payment. And that makes me feel a lot better about things. 
the third area is investment money. And when, when I talk about credit cards and car loans, obviously these are not investments. <laughs> but what it is, is you are getting a tremendous return on the dollar because you're paying so much in interest on credit cards and car loans. And those car loans are going to start to go up. And I know the car payments, you know, obviously you had to pay a lot more, more, more recently. Uh, but very recently, uh, the used car prices are dropping astronomically. And we're going to find that now that there's less money for banks to lend, uh, the, those numbers are going to go, the percentages are going to go up for the auto loans, and uh, there's going to be a lot more available. Uh, yeah, it makes sense to get into that profit sharing if you've got a 100% profit sharing match. So maybe they allow 2% or 3% of your uh, income to, to get that 100%. Yes, get the profit sharing at 100%. That's better than any credit card or car loan. But again, uh, you do want to be mindful of, like, okay, am I re-getting that consumer debt? And that's why I like the, I prefer to have my little conversation with myself each morning about why did I spend that, um, which is kind of similar to that, that conversation you might have in your own head as you're, you're maybe eating at the end of the day or, you know, you're exhausted at the end of the day. And it's like, why did I eat that? You know, uh, and, and those kinds of things. So again, investment money is, is another kind of uh, place where I go. But then, you know, once you have that extra money, uh, the stocks, the bonds, those are things that maybe you're looking for. Now, I'm in IPERS, uh, which is the Iowa Public something or other, and I, I don't know what IPERS stands for. I just know that uh, when I turn 62, uh, I'm going to have a salary for life, or I'm supposed to have a salary for life. And uh, last year, things were looking really good. It was like 29% increase. They were thinking about being self-funded, and I'm sure things were going really great. But now with the market down like 20%, you know, that IPERS report next year, I'm, I'm a little worried about it. I, I don't know what it's going to look like. But one in 10 Iowans is actually in IPERS. So hopefully uh, that's something that remains is something that's a viable thing for me. And again, I, if IPERS wasn't there, it would be really painful, but I would still be okay. So although I'm mindful that I have it, um, I, I am still making other investments and, and have other things on there. And again, I... I kind of go with the uh, index fund where, you know, where I'm just continuing to buy index is I, I don't even mess with individual stocks anymore. I've, I've already been down that road where, you know, I pick, I try to pick them better than the, the street does. And sometimes it goes great and sometimes it goes horribly. And, and my goal now is just to, to have enough for myself and to, for our family and that, you know, my, my daughters can, can have the life that they, they want. So again, as we're kind of going through this, you know, final piece, uh, the easiest thing to do, well, easy, I say that in quotation fingers, uh, to make sure that you have peace of mind money, real estate money and investment money, is to add more money. <laughs> and that may seem uh, like, okay, easy enough to say, but uh, instead of going out, uh, you know, to the, the bar or whatever, and just going out, uh, now I actually do trivia on Sunday nights. So although I get a small little stipend, I, I also get comped for the night. And uh, it's maybe a little like Vegas where you, you know, you don't have to pay for your food and drink. And uh, to a certain extent, it's, it's really not much of a tab. But it, it's something that if you look at it over the 52 weeks, uh, or 26 weeks, I do it every other, uh, it actually adds up to a couple thousand dollars. And, you know, it just kind of reminds me that, you know, going out can save you X amount of dollars.
I love being an author. I love, you know, putting out a new book uh, here and there. And, and I've got three more books in the works and I'm really excited about them and, and still in contact with the national publisher that I work with. So again, that's kind of something that, that I do in a much bigger project. Much smaller projects are really that kind of November, December where I help people with their letters of intent. And, and that's a really tiny amount of my income. It's just that I found that that price point is where I've got people that are really serious about doing it and really serious about investing their time in it. And if, if you're going to have somebody like me that has as much experience as I do, the one thing I do not want to do is work with somebody who is just kind of like, all right, well, just can you just fix my paper for me? Uh, I want somebody that's really going to take a deep dive into their letter of intent, why they want to continue as a pharmacy professional in a specific area. Uh, and then real estate investing is, you know, again, I, I was an agent and that that really was a lot of fun. It gave me a break from being a pharmacist for six or seven years. I did still do some shift work every once in a while, but but really my full time job was real estate. And as the market is going to start softening, you're going to see real estate agents leaving the business, which is usually when you want to get in. It may seem counterintuitive, but a pharmacist is a really good uh, real estate agent because they have that background in service. They have that background in caring and uh, they just tend to do a great job. And one last kind of caveat I'm going to you know, leave you with is to not let your job get in the way of your earning money you're earning money yes y-o-u-r not y-o-u apostrophe r-e uh, because what happens is, is that we say okay i've got this employer i'm going to go 150 percent into the employer and uh, i remember reading recently like should i have should i date in residency or should i be like all in on the residency and, and not date and something like that and i was just like are you kidding? The whole point of having a job is to have great relationships with people and people that you care about. And, uh, you know, that, that just seemed, it actually seemed absurd to me, but I, I get it. it. It's a busy time. You want to do well, but man, if you kind of keep putting off relationships, <laughs> that they never come. Uh, there's never a good time to have a kid. There's never a good time to get married. There's, there's no, there's no, that, that's, that's just not a thing. So anyway, uh, hopefully uh, these tips were helpful for you. Again, uh, the three kind of areas where I kind of look at money and the way that I kind of set things up is uh, peace of mind money, that money then savings and passive income, uh, real estate money, how I'm managing, whether I'm renting and buying or I'm buying multiple homes, and then investment money, how I'm expanding and fighting inflation and, and making sure that I'm getting up above eight and a half percent. And the, the kind of last piece of this is that book that I've written, Finding Your Unicorn Job for Pharmacists, where uh, other people have made sure that their job does not get in the way of the other things that they enjoy, but also uh, they've also got some side hustles and part-time things that really add to their security, add to their peace of mind money, add to their real estate money, and also uh, add to their investment money so that they are on the good side of this. So again, the coming recession, it's going to be uh, quite painful for those that are not ready. But if you have taken the time as we have to, you know, right now I've, I've kind of made a commitment to reducing the number of swipes I have on that credit card by 10%. Uh, so that's about 10, you know, 10 to 20 swipes, not 10 to 20, but about 10 swipes a, a month. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's hard, you know, I'm going into the, 
uh, for example, we went into the, the Come and Go Today or the Casey's Today, which is a convenience store, and there it is, you know, just a bunch of candy that I normally would buy my kids something. And I was like, no, you know, we'll, we'll just wait till we get home uh, and we'll get something. Uh, or, you know, just quick little uh, times where I'm, I'm, again, just maybe one thing a day that I'm not getting or one thing every other day that I'm not getting. Um, so uh, if you've got questions for me, TonyThePharmacist at gmail.com. And otherwise, you can find the link to finding your unicorn job for pharmacists, financial freedom, flexible hours, and personal fulfillment beyond the pharmacy counter uh, in the show notes. And I will talk to you next time uh, with uh, Maya Thompson, who is going to be doing her last episode here in her first, fifth week of her APPE.